You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. This is Meg Murray joined by Roy White, and this is Girls and Roy's Talking Boys tonight, (laughs) in partnership as always with SB Nation. Welcome, Roy. That is an incredible (laughs) intro. What a special week. I restarted that. (laughs) I am so glad you restarted way better on the second one, and no one will even know that you restarted, so don't even mention that. We'll have my face coming up, but. Uh, this is a real special treat because we yeah. get to uh, swap teammates, so to speak, here on the Blog of the Boys podcast network, give you guys a little bit something extra to listen to. And I'm extremely excited to work with one of the stars of the Girls Talking Boys podcast that Tips you can down. hear every Friday here on SB Nation. And uh, that will continue <laughs> into the off season. But man, what a fun evening we had last night. Maybe up until uh, the Cowboys... Doozy? Yeah, maybe up until they made their pick. Uh, we'll get to that in just a second. Yes. But I guess, Meg, you were out and about, right? Woman on the street getting the the raw reaction from the Cowboys fans, and I can't wait to hear that as well. But walk me through kind of where your head was at as we were getting to the Cowboys potentially making their selection at 10, right? Because for me, the first – Two picks obviously went the way everybody thought. The third pick, we knew it would be a quarterback, just weren't sure which one. And then up until really the Dolphins selected, right, Um, Jalen Waddell, I I really thought everything kind of fell into play. And even when Waddell came at six with three picks to go between there and the Cowboys, it was really looking like it was going to fall perfectly. So what was your mindset after six? when Jalen Waddle went and then walk me through the mindset and the mentality as we started to see those cornerbacks fall off the board. Um, so, okay. When Waddle went off, I was like, this is, this is exactly the way it's supposed to go. I thought we were in a great spot. Um, you know, and then, you know, the rest of it happened. It, it was like a, it was too good to be true almost like I, we knew, I knew Waddle was going to go. I didn't think that he was ever going to be um, a, a pick for us, but. Yeah. And not one we would consider, right? You see Waddle go. That's just another player from a position that the Cowboys don't need that pushes the other guys, the, the cornerbacks, right? The tackle that was still available in Slater and also the quarterbacks, Right, that we're allowing Cowboys fans to hope for the thought of a, a trade down with a New England or something like that didn't happen. But yeah. you know, up until 
we see the pick at eight, right? When the Panthers are on the board, I'm feeling great, right? Well, kind of, Sertan's I, still on the board. J.C. Horn's still yeah. on the board. And Slater's still on the board. Like, with those three, I felt strongly that the Cowboys were going to get somebody that I would have felt not good but great about at 10. When we ha- – I had gone on um, the U.K. Cowboys show with R.J. earlier today, and I um, had said – and that's when it went at seven. I, I didn't think he was going to be there. Um, but Suell, I was like, that was that was one that I was like, oh, I'm holding out hope for him dropping. Once that kind of once he went, I kind of felt like it was going to domino. And it literally did. It was Suell, it was Horn and then Sertan. Tic-tac-toe three in a row. <laughs> So, kind of yeah. worst case scenario for the Cowboys. And I think, you know, they maybe were caught off guard by it. Maybe not. There, there was so much movement right before the draft. We had the Panthers who traded for Sam Darnold. I, I thought that they might want to shore that trade up a little bit by selecting Slater, right? That was more my impression in the moment at eight. Give your guy a, a starting protector for a long time and give him the opportunity to throw the to the weapons that they already had. Even more so, I think, the surprising part of that, that J.C. Horn went ahead of Sertan. I was very surprised by that. I mean, I, I think everyone kind of knew they were, you know, two peas in a pod. It, there, there's different skill sets there, of course. But, you know, especially in their, like, um, what was it, their combine pro day situation. Yeah. They were just – they were – neck and neck and then one went after the other and it was like I'm just gonna get one more rep just because I know this guy is who I'm competing against like there was always that so I am a little surprised I guess they just figured that horn fit their um fit their system better but yeah that that kind of shook me and then I did not expect the Broncos to take Patrick but I after horn went I was like this is it's gonna happen like the world is going to, the, that's why, why I did go to a place to watch is because on Twitter, Cowboys Twitter is very, the sky is falling. And so I wanted to get some like real life reactions too, but the sky was falling in both places. <laughs> yeah. How did the mood change then from seven to nine? Because that to me was where it all, like it, as you mentioned, it was a domino. Sewell. Yeah cornerback cornerback and now you're kind of sitting there standing holding your chicken wings right and I don't think any of us really expected a wipeout like that that fast and like Slater was definitely on the plate but like that wasn't who we were hoping for um to still be left at the end of it but yeah when horn went is when people actually reacted there was groans and then when Sertan went everyone was like gasped so that was the shocking one. I think people had, you know, been listening and I uh, knew what they were expecting that we thought that we were going to do. And I felt the same way because I, I gasped as well. So, <laughs> yeah. And I think even us at home, right. I was sitting Absolutely. in my living room going, damn it, damn it, damn it, damn it. That was a bad miss. And it's not that I would have wanted them to, to give up any capital to get up a pick right. or two, right? 
I'm not lamenting it that badly, but in that moment, all right, right. It just felt like the decision was made for them. Okay. The cornerbacks are gone. The best offensive lineman is off the board. You still have a position of need that's there on the board and amongst the best players remaining, go ahead and take Slater. So when the news came in that the Cowboys were actually the first team there in the first round to make a mid round pick trade and they do it with a division rival in the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, one quick note, got to give a shout out to my man, Tom Ryle, uh, co-host of Riled Up. You can hear yes. it every Thursday here on Bogging the Boys. He wrote an article a week ago projecting this exact trade. Not only that they would Wait, move did back he with really? Philly. Yes. Not only that they would move back with Philly, but that they would get the third round compensation pick that Philly ultimately ended up giving. And of course he did his homework, right? The yeah. draft board kind of played out in that respect, but most people, I think, Cowboys fans, not just Cowboys fans, but Cowboys fans certainly already had a negative tinge to their mindset because on the one hand, right, you're doing what's best for your franchise. You're picking up an extra player and they're in the third round that you hope can turn into something. And you're not having to move back too far, which is what they were trying to avoid. They didn't want to have to dump down to 18 or 20 somewhere in the back half of the first round. However, they also gave Philadelphia the opportunity to pick up a Heisman winner, right? Yeah. A weapon that may be used against them. And that, I suppose, I would love to get the reaction from folks as well, because that I thought, eh, I don't love, I don't love helping them in that moment. I don't love helping them in that moment, but in all honesty, um, I, my first initial reaction was, why are you doing this, you idiots? But then when I thought about it a little harder, you're just switching positions with them. You're putting them ahead of the Giants, who I'm a little more worried about them picking up a Devontae Smith than I am the Eagles because I don't believe that they have um, like, I don't believe that Jalen Hurts can sling the ball to him the way that like, and I'm not giving Daniel Jones all the credit in the world, but I just feel like sure. they already have. Looks like more of a quarterback than Jalen yeah. Hurts does up to this point. I don't, need in to, my opinion. I don't need to stack them more on their offense was just a, the thought that I had. And I was like, well, I'm, we're not going to pick Devonte Smith. So it's not like you're going to stop it for the train from coming, but you're, you might, you know, prevent the giants from getting them which they did yeah and on that note right maybe they in a way orchestrated what the giants ended up doing there at 11 perhaps Devonte smith was the target yeah. they didn't get him so instead the giants trade out of pick 11 they trade back with the bears and they pick up pick number 20 mm -hmm. the bears first rounder in 2022 and a fourth rounder this year, along with a fifth rounder next year. So Cowboys fans looking at that trade compensation. And they're also saying to their, themselves, at least a lot of folks on social media, were asking, should the Cowboys have gotten that deal? They're at 10. Yeah. Your thoughts as the Bears wind up selecting Justin Fields, 
the quarterback from you know Ohio State. They were picking 20th here this year, and that was with a bad Bears team. If Justin Fields makes them even a little bit better, then that means next year's pick is probably in the 20s as well. So if we're making that assumption, right, what do you prefer? Pick 12 and the third rounder in this year's draft or pick 20, maybe next year's pick 20, a fourth and a fifth? I felt better about us trading down with the Eagles before the Giants did anything, for sure. I did too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that was that was a really good deal they made, and I'm impressed by it. I mean, we delayed – slightly delayed a weapon, but they're going to, you know, come back and do it again. Like they're, but they're going to build, and that just means that we have to do that too. So then we had the pick after that. yeah and you know the Giants actually ended up getting some speed at the wide receiver position even still it's not Devontae Smith but they did get the wide receiver out of Florida I think it Kadarius Tony is his name and they're gonna pair him with Kenny Galladay so they did get a decent weapon wind up getting one there at pick 20 but the Cowboys there at pick number 12 still with Slater on the board I'm thinking They've done it. They've moved back two picks. They've added a pick, and they're still going to get the guy they could have gotten at 10, the guy I would have had them take at 10, except they didn't. Yeah. They took – I was also yelling that call me Bill Belichick. I was like, I'll trade back again. (laughs) Which also I thought, yes, I was in the same boat. Okay, maybe they can execute the double trade back, right? One more quarterback on the board, and New England still has – thoughts out there but new england seemed to you know at least sit on their hands in that moment yep. they played hardball it didn't look like the phone was ringing based on what i was looking at there in the cowboys you know war room and so they had to stand and make the pick and they ultimately picked micah parsons who while on most people's grades is the best linebacker available in this draft He's leaving a very sour taste initially in Cowboys fans' mouths, primarily because of the return they've gotten from selecting linebackers in recent draft years. Yeah. I mean, I, I know that we just lost Sean Lee. We are obviously struggling with the combo of LVE and um, Jalen, but – you know, LVE has that upside. You know that he can be a monster when he is not like suffering Hurt. from some crazy neck injury. But it's, I don't, it's kind of a unknown variable. I was kind of surprised. He is, he was the best on, I think, their board at the time. So I get it. I was just kind of surprised. I thought, I'd always heard through the draft season that he's very good, but and it always was followed with his off the field issues, which I didn't really know too much about. And I'm not going to pretend like I know a lot about it now, but that was kind of why I was like, what we do we want to enter into this? If that's like, a concern or an issue that seems to be something that we were at least trying to stray away with stray away from 
we have enough going on with, you know, Randy Gregory and had stuff going on with Alden Smith. Um, even though, you know, he was great when he was here, he's again, having issues off the field, um, for Seattle. And it's just like, I was kind of surprised that they entered into that. Yeah. You hear a lot of immaturity talk around him and just doing a little bit of research, right? All it takes is a couple of Google searches to find out kind of the incidents that that Micah Parsons has been involved with. Some very serious, at least from an allegation standpoint, Mm -hmm. although nothing has been proven and he has not been charged or credited with any of this information uh, or, or any of these accusations. The other part of it, when it comes to Micah Parsons, he sat out the 2020 season, right? sat out the year as a result of COVID. In fact, uh, I believe six of the first 13 players selected in the draft last night were actually players that sat out the entire 2020 season. Now, in his case, he's got a young son. So I think it's justifiable, and I wouldn't hold it against him that he did sit out. But it also means that's kind of one less year of tape, one less year of opportunity. He had a sterling two seasons there at Penn state, right? One of the top, I think six or seventh all time in terms of forced fumbles. And he only played two seasons in his sophomore season. He had five sacks, 14 tackles for a loss, four forced fumbles, right? Led the team in all categories in that regard. He was a big 10 player of the year, uh, you know, linebacker of the year, winner in the conference. So in terms of talent, In in terms of potential upside at the linebacker position, he might be as good as it gets. And he might have Hall of Fame credibility to him, right, when it's all said and done. But with all that being said and all that possibility, he has to be that for Cowboys fans to give him the credit and to give the team the credit for doing what they've done now, which is make two picks in the top ten – in the last six or seven years. And those two picks have been a running back and a linebacker. And in today's NFL, as good as those players might be, it's hard for me to justify what type of impact they will have on the field relative to what a person that say say plays cornerback or offensive line or wide receiver or quarterback. Yeah. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. That's that's exactly right. I mean, I I will say again. What was the reaction in the in, in the building you were in, by the way? Because yeah. like, so we have the downslide Chris, of the dominoes. <laughs> make the sound, okay? If you can convert it into a sound, make the sound that the room made. That by the way, you were in with Ezekiel Elliott, so I, yes. I would imagine. Like this was a pretty hyped up place. There was probably a lot of energy, right? People were excited that a Cowboys player was in their vicinity, like partying with them, celebrating with them. 
And then was there a celebration? No. <laughs> um, where's the cricket sound? Can we have RJ put that in? <laughs> it was, everyone was like cheering in anticipation and it was silent to listen to them read it out and everyone was quiet. Oh God. There was not a react. There was like, some people were like, Whoa. and then they realized that they were the only ones and they were like, oh, it was quiet. And I think it's more so probably confusion. They probably like, I think a lot of fans were hearing X names and we didn't hit Kyle, like unicorn Kyle Pitts or these like sexy names that you were hearing. I don't even think a lot of, a lot of people even had Micah Parsons. A lot of people that deeply cover the draft had Micah Parsons on their radar, but I don't feel like your average Cowboys fan was like Micah Parsons going to be a Cowboy. I think one of the big reasons behind that is that is not an exciting pick. It's not. That doesn't make, that doesn't get fans excited. It's not a position that, okay, he can, you know, I heard a couple of people saying, well, he can come in and rush the, rush the passer. He might be the best pass rusher on the football team. The guy had, the guy had six and a half sacks in 26 games in college. What, in terms of rushing the passer, how much of that do you think he's going to be doing? And oh, by the way, when I'm selecting a player at 12, I sure would like to think that when I select that player, I can look at my roster and say, oh, he immediately starts here. And I don't know if Michael Parsons is even going to be starting when they line up for the first football game of the season. Right now, he wouldn't be. No, he's not. But And the funny thing is, if you look at the way they were utilizing Lee with Jalen and LVE when they were all like on the field they were you know doing that weird rotation thing and I don't think any of them were really benefiting from it so I'm interested to see where they think they're gonna utilize the three if they're I don't think they're gonna put the three of them on the field at the same time but can't can't play three linebackers in today's NFL and that's another reason why yeah if you want to make the argument, right, if we're going to play devil's advocate, mm-hmm. right, and we're not just going to bash the Michael Parsons pick to, right. to the nth degree, right, let's, let's try to think about it from an organizational standpoint. Okay, well, Jalen Smith, probably, probably his final year in Dallas based on his salary and what he's due next season and the ability to get out of it. And his launch for the number nine. <laughs> Bingo. And once he asks for number nine, it's going to only make things worse for him because the Cowboys fan base is going to roast him during the game. He better not, he better not swipe for half the damn season until he gets back in Cowboys fans. Good graces. The other part from an organizational standpoint, does this signal the end of LVE at least on his rookie deal? Because on Monday, the Cowboys have to make a decision as to whether or not they will exercise his fifth year option. And at $9 million, that would mean they would be committing nearly $17 million to their two linebackers already on the roster and Micah Parsons. Yeah, Um, that was that was definitely a point of contention that people like kind of brushed over because we did not think that we would be here today. 
picking up at a linebacker in the first round. Um, mm. So I think it will be interesting going forward. I, I think that there's more of an upside with LVE than there is with um, Jalen Smith. Um, it's, it's hard to say because how, how healthy is LVE right now is, I don't, how is his neck? Like, I, I haven't heard much about it. Um, and that's something that the Cowboys are obviously like boots on the ground with. So they'll have a better idea of it. And that that's probably where their decisions really coming from. And so that makes me wonder, um, what they know if they're not considering exercising that, uh, fifth or the extension on his contract. Well, we'll have to see yeah. whether or not, you know, this does have anything to do with it, right? We're really just trying to read the tea leaves at this point, and no exactly. one knows whether or not the Cowboys will exercise that. Certainly, they could exercise his option, right? Let Jalen go at the end of the season, and then I suppose, you know, you make do with Parsons and LVE going forward. The real issue, though, again, is just what he's going to have to fight against based on, unfortunately, LVE, Jalen, and to a lesser extent, Sean Lee, right? One Penn State linebacker goes and Sean Lee, another one comes in to take his place. And Sean Lee's career, while I think we look at it fondly, we would also all agree that he never really reached the level that we thought he could or would or hoped he would. And the fact that now we can look at the last three linebackers they've taken in either the first or second round in LVE, Jalen, and Sean Lee, and say definitively that they have all disappointed to the extent of what was expected from them and, and what their potential was for that reason, right? Micah Parsons is already starting underneath a pile of dirt that he's going to have to claw through and crawl out of just to get onto level ground with what I think it will be a Cowboys fan base that is not going to give him a lot of time to figure it out. I think you're completely right on that. Um, I think everyone's pretty fed up with the defense as a whole. So <laughs> anyone that yeah. joins the defense, you have a short leash, bud. Well, that's just it. Like it's the defense is so bad that, you know, I like I could find some crappy linebacker in the fifth, fourth or fifth round. And if he's crappy, then at least I didn't take him in the first or second. I got him in the fourth or fifth. He's supposed to be crappy. Right. But when you take him in the first, not only again is the expectation that he you know, be a part of your team. The really, the expectation is that he is an immediate instant starter. Yeah. And they could have had that in Slater minimum. Right. Yeah. And potentially could have had that in other options. Right. I mean, maybe, maybe based on the medicals, Caleb Farley was an option there, right. The third cornerback that a lot of people thought was right there in the range of what certain and, and or Sertan and what J.C. Horn were, he was just coming off of injury and then also coming off of the COVID issues. But yeah. all that being said, right, Micah Parsons is the selection for the Dallas Cowboys. The, the good news is he very, mel- very well may be the best linebacker in that room. 
but we don't know that. And unfortunately, he plays a position that in today's NFL can be negated by offensive weaponry. So it's hard to feel great and feel like this defense got definitively better when all they did was improve a position marginally, perhaps, that doesn't really affect the outcome of games all that much to begin with. Yeah, and I believe that everyone was pretty high on um, Nick Bolton as a uh, second-round pick, who is a linebacker as well from Mizzou. And so it's interesting to like hear that there's such value, not, not that you're guaranteed anybody in this draft, but that you felt – and, you know, I'm going to put trust in Will McClay here, but you felt so – like this is the guy that I'm going to pick in the first round when you had someone that you felt good about in the sec, like that as a second round grade. I don't know. It's, it was an interesting, uh, interesting pick. Well, you know, right now as things are sitting right now, oddly enough, right in the first 20 picks, more linebackers went than cornerbacks, right? Yeah. We basically had the two cornerbacks go, and then after that, it was not a whole lot. Uh, the Cowboys now at least pick up an extra third round, so we got a couple more picks to play with there on Friday night. That'll be exciting to kind of see what they do. In your mind, from a game plan standpoint, right, if you're just attacking positions, we got to see them attack the cornerback position with – Potentially two of the next three picks, no? 1,000%. The secondary is a problem. <laughs> and Big time. I feel as though we've, like, even last year, I love the CD the Lamb pick, but, like, Caleb on Chase on would have been such a, like, immediate um, benefit to our defense. So just watching us kind of fumble – stuff like that in like this pick is just kind of a question in the air. Uh, yeah. We have a lot to make up for. Yeah. Doesn't, doesn't really feel like a whole lot of questions have been answered by the Dallas Cowboys after night one of the NFL draft. And I had thought that we at least might be able to, you know, slap hands, chest bump, celebrate a little bit. And it feels yeah. a little bit instead like we're all kind of looking at each other going, okay, what do we do now? Kind of like, uh, kind of like a lot of us were watching the, the draft there on Thursday night and wondering what, what the hell are they doing with that chair? And why what did the they hell that? are they doing with that chair? That was like, the weirdest thing. <laughs> now you were in the bar. So you probably, did you hear the explanation as to why they brought this out? I did not. Okay. I would love to hear it because this it just was weird. because this draft taking place in Cleveland, right? And when Roger Goodell first came out and introduced the draft, I thought the Cleveland, like he was begging the Cleveland crowd to make noise. And I was just kind of listening to it in the background going, they barely give a, give a rip. Like yeah. they barely care. They just want him to get on with this. They're not going to boo him. They're not going to give him the satisfaction. They barely care, but they brought that chair out because that was apparently the chair that Roger Goodell made every selection in a season ago when they that did these Zoom makes calls. Sense. 
So they're like, oh, this will be a hilarious bit, right? And and he kind of explained it before. A fan from the Cleveland crowd or, or the, uh, yeah, is going to come up here on the stage, sit in the chair, and then they'll make the selection. But it dragged it out. It was incredibly awkward to see them sitting there, like, and then have to stand up and walk towards the podium, right? Yeah. Just a, it was just one of those, like, Okay, I get that it's a funny idea for a bit. Maybe do it once or twice. But to do that with every single draft pick, uh, they're stretching it to me. Yeah, what did they even do to get in the chair? I think it, I think he described it as, we're going to pick a random fan from Cleveland to announce the pick. Although, you know, when the Cowboys announced their pick, right, it was a Cowboys fan. Yeah. Uh, a pretty adamant one. And so I'm not sure exactly how they made I'm just imagining like the price is right. <laughs> like they're putting on their wildest gear and just like freaking out, like trying <laughs> to get their they all make a family sign <laughs> yeah. to try to get the affection. Exactly. They all wear matching uh, googly eye glasses and precisely. But 100%. That, makes, that makes so much more sense now that you say that it was his chair. I was like. Cause we made a joke about it. We were like, Oh, is it Roger Goodell's chair? Like that would be goofy. Uh, turns out it was. <laughs> it was. What they well, were missing was the bobblehead that moved around. So that's on them. Yeah, true. They were. And that would, I mean, I did enjoy, I guess I still really love the zoom taking them into the family household. Right. Yeah. Um, seeing kind of the celebratory reactions, but it was cool to have like a couple people at home and then also a couple people there in the draft. Yeah. You know, one moment I think a lot of people laughed about was Mac Jones's walk from the back to the, the, the podium and had kind of the walk of the assistant principal that's going to stop the kid on the other side of the cafeteria. Right. Um, Also the awkward shots of him throughout the time when he wasn't getting picked. like, Oh my gosh, the tumbling that took place, the, the posturing now. Okay. To finish things up there on that, because obviously we'll, we'll circle it back to, and, and we didn't even mention, right. Probably the most talked about quarterback of the day. Yeah. No one that was selected in this draft. Aaron Rodgers is yeah. apparently wanting out and maybe on the move. We'll see about that, right? And that's one that we can talk about all offseason long because I don't foresee anything happen over the next couple of days. But if we have five quarterbacks taken in the top 15 picks, it's so overblown in my mind the way that they are all talked about as if each one is going to the Hall of Fame when we know based on history that if there's five guys taken in the first round, then probably only two of them are going to be worth a damn. If that, so if you had to pick Meg, just based on who you, you saw who they ended up with, right. Their situations, you can only pick two who out of Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville, out of Zach Wilson in New York, out of Trey Lance in San Francisco, out of Justin Fields in Chicago or Matt Jones and the pairing of himself and Bill Belichick. Two are going to succeed. The rest are going to be bust in my mind. You got to pick two. I have a good feeling about Trey Lance. I don't know why. Really? 
I don't know why. I, I mean, I do. He's just so athletic. He moves around so much. I feel like he, I, I know he was like not in a big, bright school that everyone's obsessed with, but I just think he's such a dominant player and I am really excited to watch him. So maybe I'm just high on him and that's why I think him, but also well, a great situation, right? You could argue yeah, that he absolutely. got the best situation of the five mm-hmm. because while San Francisco was picking three, you know, I be, they, they traded up for that pick, right? This is, this was a team that was much better than a team that's usually selecting at number three. Yeah. And I mean, who knows if he'll even touch the field necessarily if Jimmy G's doing well, but I just think long-term I could see him doing really well in the league. Also Justin Fields. I don't really care about Trevor Lawrence, to be honest with you. <laughs> really? Sorry. Wow. The man who's Don't never wrong, Trevor. Trevor just looks like the guy from, uh, from the jigsaw guy from saw to me. <laughs> I don't, it'll keep me up at night. So, Oh my gosh. <laughs> the, the main killer from saw. I love that yeah. series, by the way. I like, never watched it, but I just know. What he looks oh, like. It's the worst gore porn you can imagine, but <laughs> I I hate that I enjoyed it, but I really did. And I don't even call it like a, a horror movie. It's a psychological thriller to me. Yeah. Because I always would ask myself, could I do any of those things to save my own ass? And the answer is no. Like I would not pull my eye out. No. I would just die. I would just, that's how it would happen yeah. to me. Um, if I had to pick two, uh, I kind of agree. Like I don't feel as good about Trevor Lawrence, you know, the pairing of he and urban Meyer, like it's still the NFL and he comes into urban a really Meyer's hard gonna get sick in like two years and be like, cough, cough. I have to go leave and go somewhere yeah. else <laughs> or feigning sick so that he can bail out and not yeah. have to deal with the ridicule and the exactly. embarrassment of actually being fired from the job. I agree with you. And that definitely happened <laughs> uh, there at Ohio state, but, um, Really, it's it's kind of twofold. Number one, he comes into a division where the Indianapolis Colts and the Tennessee Titans, while maybe not the cream of the crop in the AFC, those are two very good football teams with very good defenses to complement what is already very good offensive weaponry. And and Trevor Lawrence really doesn't have a lot of help, right? He's got a couple of wide receivers, you know, a running back that no one could name. Um uh, you know, for the most part, like yeah. you can't name a whole lot of their talented guys on offense. They no. stripped down their defense a couple of years ago. So Trevor actually probably has the toughest uphill battle. Um, I'm eliminating Zach Wilson because I think it's the jets and that's probably what's going to screw him over. So I'm, I think I'm with you actually. I think Trey Lance and Justin Fields now Trey more so for me, not necessarily the athleticism. I think it's the situation. I think he got the best situation uh, Kyle Shanahan's going to like yeah. make it, you know, put it on his plate for him yeah. and allow him to just eat his veggies. Like all he needs to do is follow the game plan and he should be okay. And then Justin Fields, who to me was the guy I thought should have maybe been going second or third. I think his talent is going to shine through. Like I understand people complain about the ball that he throws or that maybe he bails out too quickly. Doesn't, you know, make all the reads down the field that he needs to, but I believe he's a big game player. And I think that 
he's going to be in a good situation there in Chicago. So and I think I'm going with the exact same the Red Rocket. So say again, yeah, learning, the starter. Yeah, learning, <laughs> learning under yeah, the, the Red starter. Rocket. Yeah, poor poor uh, Andy Dalton's got to have that conversation with the brass again. That you know that this will be the. I think this will be the fourth time this offseason that the Chicago Bears will have tweeted out a different picture of QB1 when they finally do it for Justin Fields. I, literally, I think it'll Look, be the third time, the third or fourth time this offseason that they will have done that. If they start Justin Fields and then all of a sudden someone like hurts their ankle, I'm going to look at Andy different. I'm just saying. <laughs> he's the jakes he's the redheaded jakes well Amen. this has been this has been an absolute pleasure meg we yeah, need to do this more often me. do a little switcheroo and uh you know cross streams a little bit if you will that's not a micah parsons <laughs> joke that's uh that's a yeah a podcast joke for you folks girls talking roys you know you can you can catch girls talking boys Every uh, every week on Fridays um, during the season, we'll jump back to you on probably Mondays. But for now, we're just hanging on Fridays. We're hanging on the weekend. You know, we love the weekend vibes. Yeah. But um, you can always check out Roy over there on Riled Up. We've got talk in the draft. I'm sure they're going to have a lot to talk about. Um, we have the 750. We have the Ocho. We have we don't lack content for you. So you got to subscribe the Jersey boys. Yes. I'm sorry. Sorry to Dave. Um, the Jersey boys, we don't lack content over here at blogging the boys. So make sure you subscribe rate and review. Um, and you know, hang out with us every day, every week, you know, bingo, hit the subscribe button, check out the, uh, all the fine work on bloggingtheboys.com. Right. We got great articles, keeping you up to date on all the Cowboys latest news Anything hits the hits the you know hits the wire. We're all texting one another on this big chain we got going and and letting each other know to to get involved in that. So we will certainly keep you posted on anything involving the Cowboys, including that decision that comes on Monday. LVE is this his final year in Dallas? Who knows? We'll keep you posted. Hold on to your butts, Roy. Where can they find you? Uh, hit me up on Twitter at RW3. I'm still hanging around. Meg, yourself? At Meg Murray with four R's. And you know, you know, we have to leave the people off with a little something special. Do you know, do you know what we do here at the end of our shows, Roy? Help me, please. I'll I help apologize. you. It's a, we go a little Dallas forever, Philly for absolutely never. See y'all later. <laughs> Love it. Never. For Philly. Never. <laughs> <laughs>